Amen. Thank you so much, everybody. You want to stand and we'll just dismiss the service right now. We're all done. Let's go eat cake in the living room. I mean, in the lobby. <laughs> hey, it's good to be back at CLC. As I said, if, in case you aren't familiar, why is in India? Uh, 25 years ago, I've been going. As I said, over 40 years now, I've gone 40 trips. And I serve as Chancellor of Central India Theological Seminary, there for uh, various meetings. And uh, every year I'm there for the, for the anniversary. This is the uh, platform for that decorated by the students there. And so on unity was the uh, theme of this year's conference. And uh, every year I'm there and uh, speak every morning and uh, teach in that cave and uh, preach at night and so on. So it was great and appreciate being there. Uh, this is actually the Bible College. And uh, there is uh, the crowd that was there we teach in the morning in the, in the Bible college. So I just wanted to see a couple of pictures and uh, get ready. Um, I know we have to be done before long. I'm not good at shortening up my messages. So uh, we'll see what happens. Amen. <laughs> you may have the Koreans coming in for the next service while I'm still preaching. But uh, people have asked me, uh, how long, every time I go, people ask, how long does it take to get there? So I decided this time to count the way back. Actually, to get from the Tarsis, the town where the Bible college and the church and everything is, just to get to the airport is only 53 miles, but it takes three hours by SUV. That's the roads and the conditions and all that. Then I get to the first airport. Uh, three different flights, uh, the uh, layover time. Actually, before I got here, it was 35 hours to get home. So that's how far it is. The other side of the world, and uh, I just enjoy going. Hospitality is great. The people are great. Uh, the food is not great, what I like. I uh, can't take that, you know, that spicy stuff, but uh, that's good. Anyhow, Thanksgiving, I just wanted to give God praise for uh, his blessing, for good health, for travel safety. Good to be back with you. Good to see everybody here this morning. Let me just share a few thoughts for you. Uh, they asked me to report on the... Uh, convention. Actually, I was in three different conventions in these three weeks that I was there. First of all, in the town I Tarsi, where we go, preaching and teaching each day, preach three Sunday mornings to the church there, plus Sunday night. And uh, then we also had a youth conference following that. And Dr. Thomas asked me, he said, wanted me to share my testimony, which I don't like to talk about myself that much, really. And uh, he wanted me to tell everything that's happened uh, to show how I can live this long and live for God. So I did that first service, and I really enjoyed it for the youth convention. Then the next week went to a convention about 15 miles down the road and uh, preached there. It was a blessed time in all three conventions. Uh, especially this morning, I want to thank all of you for your prayers. Couldn't do it without the prayers, and I just thank you for being a part and traveling with me, and praise God for the anointing, for his blessing, for health and strength, God has been good. And I give him praise. Amen? Amen. Got so much I'd like to say. Um, somebody asked me, did they celebrate your birthday over there? Because it was the Thursday before I came home. And uh, yes, they did. That Thursday, the November 15th, Dr. Thomas and I were thinking uh, we were going to go down to the marketplace, just to, where they just trade. It's not really stores. You just trade there. And... Uh, 
Then we pulled up to the Bible college. You saw the picture of that up there. And uh, he said, I want to go in and thank the students for uh, helping at convention. I said, oh, that's a great idea. So we got out, went to there, that long hall, probably twice as long as this aisle. Uh, the girls were lined up on one side. The boys from the Bible school on the other side. As we walked through, they all started clapping and singing, Happy birthday, Dr. Merrill, happy birthday. And then the second verse, May the good Lord bless you. And uh, then they had a little bitty cake about that big, and it was black forest chocolate. You like chocolate. It was so rich. Two or three by it. I think two or three days I kept eating on that little bitty cake, but they had boxes of sweets for all the students. We had a great time of celebration. So yeah, they did take care of me, and I, I thank the Lord for it. Let's give thanks to God. God is good. Amen? And uh, in our country, I'm glad we have a Thanksgiving. Our nation was founded on biblical principles. And uh, when I come back from India, um, we're in a land that's a Christian country, where it doesn't seem like it a lot, but uh, there aren't idol temples around and all that, every place we go. And uh, when I'm over there, it's, we are a minority in other religions. And I thank God for the great ministry going forth from that town in, in their church, on fire for God, Bible college, seminary, boys' orphanage, girls' orphanage, grade school, going to be a high school, uh, all the buildings that have been built. God has truly blessed that I'm a part to be, uh, I'm just glad to be a part of that. I need to get started in the message, right? Amen. My text this morning is, give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. And I want to say my title for this message is Finishing Well. It's great to hear from Lars at 90. So nice, everybody said, man, you're 85 years old. Wow, you don't look it. Isn't that nice? <laughs> and, uh, but I have one strong desire, and that's to, to finish well. And uh, I think that's really good. I want to preach a sermon about uh, this thing of finishing. And uh, the, the term, give me this mountain, is found in the Bible. I'll just move right into it. Joshua chapter 14. So verses will be on the screen, or you can look in your story. This is a story in your Bible, I mean. This is a story about Joshua and Caleb entering the promised land as spies to seek out the land that God had promised for them to be. Now, I want to read some verses. I'll just skip around in Joshua 14, 6 to 12. And first of all, I want you to see, it'll be on the screen, how old Caleb was when this happened. I told the students a couple of years ago, when I get to be 85, I'd like to preach a message on being 85. And uh, then I mean, look at scripture, and there are some things in the Bible about being 85 years old. So I thought, I'm going to preach on that for you folks this morning. Make a big deal out of it? I'll make a big deal out of it. We'll do that. Amen? <laughs> Thank you so much. And uh, it tells us in verse uh, 7 of Joshua 20, uh, 14 that Caleb was... 40 years old when they went in to spy out the land. I tried to put the things up here. They went to spy the promised land at 40 years of age. And uh, verse 8, he came back and said, I gave an honest report of how good the promised land was that God was going to give us. But, he said, my brothers who went with us came back and frightened 
the people and kept them from entering into the promised land. So because of unbelief, not believing God, not willing to go forward, they turned around and went back into the wilderness and stayed there till an entire generation of people had died off. Everybody over 20 years old died off, and they had to wander in the wilderness. But Caleb said, I wholeheartedly follow the Lord, as did Joshua. These two men, who were faithful, actually did enter in the promised land. Hit me one day, they must have been like 50 years older than everybody else going in. And it's kind of neat as we're talking about age today. So anyhow, how was this happening? How old was Caleb when that happened? Verse 10 says, Caleb said to Josh, I'm now 85 years old. So I put it on the screen before. 40 years, he went as a spy. Then 45 years, they had to wander and wander, waiting for an entire generation of faithless people to die off so that God could bring them in to his promise. 45 years during that time, so that makes 85 years. When he said to Joshua, now give me this mountain. Give me the land that I saw and claimed as my possession. Joshua, who is now leading, give me the land. Why? I've been dreaming about that for these 45 years, that that's going to be the home for me and my family for these years, and I want to possess that promise. You know, we, even the Lord dealing with us this morning, have to possess the promises. We have to believe what God wants to say he's going to do for us. The problem was there were some difficulties that Caleb had. Number one, he was 45 years older than he was when he was there and looked at that land the first time. Secondly, that land was a mountain, difficult to conquer, difficult to possess. I laid it up there on the screen someplace. You'll maybe see that as it comes. Not only was the land he was going to get a mountain, but that's where the giants lived, the same giants that had discouraged the people from going into the promised land, 45 years old. There, that family's there, and he had to conquer a mountain, deal with giants, and he was 45 years older. What's the theme of my message this morning? Joshua said, give me that mountain. What was Caleb like back then, 45 years ago? I remember, I, I mentioned, he gave a good report. We can do this. Let's go. He said in verse 9, I have full, verse 8, I have wholly followed the Lord completely. Then in verse 9, he said, the, the leader at that time, Moses, promised that this land shall be mine, and I will receive that for mine inheritance. My family will, my descendants will be there forever. What about Caleb at this age? He said, the Lord has kept me alive and well as he promised. These 45 years since I saw that land. He said, now I'm 85, but I'm as strong as I was at that time. What amazing thing that God kept him. And I just want to give God praise this morning that he's kept me. I thank God that he's kept me through these years with all my energy, as they said. Amen. Praise God for doing that. But can you believe this man of faith and power? What a man of faith and power who 45 years later, now 85 years, says, give me a mountain. I'd like to say this morning, let's possess the mountains that stand in our way where we can live on top of the difficulty, that we can live in victory on top of the thing we have taken 
that mountain that's in our way, overcoming the enemy that we might live for God. And uh, not only was it just a mountain, that's where the sons of Anak lived, and they were the giants that they were afraid of 45 years before that time. Not only were there giants on that mountain, but it said they lived in walled cities. Giants living in walled cities. And he says, that's what I want to conquer. That's what I want to conquer. That mountain. Give me this mountain. Let me take a for just a moment and go back to Matthew 22, 21, where Jesus told us, you can say to that mountain, be removed. Say to that mountain, be removed. Cast into the sea, and it shall be. As a little kid, I always wondered, was that a real mountain? We were moving into the ocean? Or was that just a mountain in their life? And I think that that there are mountains in our lives. There are giants in our lives that need to be conquered. There are mountains of illness a lot of people have. The book of James says, call for the elders of the church. Pray for them that I might heal the sick. There are mountains of poverty. I just can't get ahead. The book of Philippians says, but my God shall supply all your needs. Let's conquer that mountain of poverty. Uh, it may be a mountain of wayward children who are not serving God like we love. Um, end of Malachi said he'll tr- he can turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, heart of children to the fathers. I think we need to believe for our family. Hallelujah. That we can do that. Maybe a problem at work or problem relationships that hinder us. But Moses said you can take that land and that's where you're going to live for the rest of your life in victory. Hallelujah. Amen. Caleb says God's kept me alive and well for all these years. 85 years old, I'm as strong as I will. You know what else he said? I can still travel and fight as well as I could back then. Can you believe this, man? But you know, people ask me, how can you keep traveling the mission field? I feel good. Amen. Feel good. Had a good time. And, uh, you know, that I can still, I want to thank God that I can still travel, that I can possess that land, that we can keep moving on in the things of God. And thank you for your prayers. The conclusion in verse 12, Caleb said, the Lord is with me and I will drive them out just as the Lord has said, give me this mountain. How could he say that? Why did he want that mountain? It was his possession that had been given to him for his family for the rest of his life. It was in his, his inheritance. And I thank God for the Christian inheritance that I've inherited from my parents, our family, for the church here that God has provided for us. And how did he do it? How could he be so confident? says verse 11, God was his strength. God was faithful to keep his promise. God was saying, you can have it. I believe in our thing, we need to hear from God. You can have victory in those areas. You can take that mountain. You can take that giant. Possess it. It's what I promised to you. You can have victory. It can be yours. And at 85, he could take a mountain with giants living there in walled cities. How did he do it? Because God was faithful. God keeps his promise. God is a God of blessing, it says in verse 13. He's a God of promise. Caleb said in verse 10, he kept his promise these 45 years, and he drove out the giants. The land had no more war after that. Peace came because he took a stand for God. 
Let's let peace come into our hearts. Let's not let giants make us fearful. Let's not be afraid of mountains. That concept of Jesus said you can have that mountain, that means, we, in my mind, we can live on top of the thing that's bothering. Jesus said everything is put under my feet, and we are complete in him. If all things are under his feet and I'm in Christ, then I have victory in the Lord, and you can have victory. doesn't make any difference how old you are or how young you are. Let's trust God to move on into the fullness of what he wants because God wants to do it for us. I'm going to have to close in a moment. Could I just close by reading a, a poem? First, let me give you two verses that I want to put on the screen that I want to say along with Caleb, I can still travel, and I'm going to fight the Lord's battle. First verse is in Psalms 37.5. I'm doing this on my 85th birthday time. He said, I have been young, and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. Hallelujah. I was young, now I'm old. Not seen the righteous, that means God is the God of provision. As we wholly follow the Lord, he will provide and take care of us. Never seen the righteous forsaken. I don't like to see God's people out begging. We need to rely on what he wants to be. Second verse I want to leave you with is in Psalm 71, 18. Now also when I'm old and gray-headed, that fits, or white-haired is better than gray, amen? I'm old and gray-headed, white-headed. Oh, God, forsake me not until I have shown thy strength to this generation and the power to everyone that is to come. This says that God is a God of strength for this generation and the power of God for all who will receive it. Do you receive it this morning? Amen. Say amen. amen. Hallelujah.